Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid and you are listening to show 171. Uh, and oh, it's going to be a fantastic conversation uh, this week. Uh, we have got some super special guests uh, to help talk us, talk or to talk to us, and help us plan for the assignment we talked about last week, uh, the day in tonight assignment. Uh, so uh, yeah, well, Graham and Rachel and I are busy trying to think up ideas that are workable, and uh, we're going to get an injection today of inspiration and thought and ideas and all sorts of stuff uh, like that but uh but well first of all let's say hello rach how are you doing hey it's lovely to be here chat with you guys i um missed the recording yesterday back in paper obviously graham was um having fun uh chatting to uh, vanya and eric which is great so i had a little listen to that but um i'm just a bit under the weather so uh, apologies to our listeners if i'm a bit croaky and a bit slower than usual and not, not so many bubbles as perhaps i normally have <laughs> um so yeah but uh but it's really lovely to be here i probably will um uh be sitting back and listening observing and enjoying the conversation today so, yeah <laughs> well that's all right uh, to be honest i think it's a pretty heroic effort that you're joining us anyway so so you know uh, if you need to take it slightly easier and slower this week that's okay by me I might i've uh, i've been uh, enjoying uh, a bit of lego earlier today that was very therapeutic doing a little bit of slow building <laughs> so that helped cool um, it's nice to uh yeah it's just sometimes it's nice to make stuff with your hands and and what have you isn't it and uh it was just something i didn't have to concentrate on like reading or what have you i could just enjoy building some stuff actually it kind of leads us on quite well doesn't it i think <laughs> it does it does yes we'll come back to that one in just a minute uh once we've once we said hello to everybody of course and graham how you doing I'm doing very well, thank you, Aid. Uh, this is actually my second podcast recording of the day because I already yes. had to sit through. Yeah, I am um, joined the classic lenses, guys, <laughs> this afternoon. Oh, is this haiku-esque? Uh, it, well, yeah, I've had to wade through a lot of haikus uh, and um, <laughs> the, I think the mental and emotional scars will take some time to heal. But that was a lot of fun uh, to catch up with those guys. But it's an absolute delight to be here tonight with you lovely people. Um, I, I feel a little bit guilty that I've, you know, I strayed from the path, but I'm back now. <laughs> It's okay if you want to go and join somebody else's podcast. I did that once, and we're recording show 100 later this week. So, uh, <laughs> congratulations! That's very yes, impressive. Yes, congrats. Yeah, thank Please. you. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a the, the other flip side of the coin for this one. Of course, it's all very technology and future listening, uh, future looking. But uh, anyway, enough said. Um, Graham, seeing as you have been the person who has arranged for our superstar guests this week, why don't you introduce them? Yes, I am very pleased to have these two gentlemen with us um, because we're sort of in assignment territory now. We talked about this last week about who we want to get on, who we want to talk to. And the whole idea of shooting day into night or night into day, um, there's so many different ways of approaching it. Uh, so, um, I bet I know some people who could approach this from a very sideways angle and a very creative angle. And that is um, the homemade camera guys. Uh, now, we've had two of the homemade camera people on the past we've had ethan moses join us and we've had graham young join us now sadly graham can't be with us tonight ethan is and we've also got the wonderful nick lyle first time appearance on the podcast welcome gentlemen Hi. It's, a, it's a super special honor to be on your podcast <laughs> one of my one of my favorite ours. favorite all-time podcasts Yay. well thank you very much that's very kind okay, of you to say so yeah <laughs> 
It's so I instantly thought of you guys when we started talking about this because there are so many ways that the theme can be tackled. But I think there's definitely an angle. And you guys often talk on your show about making cameras for uh, with a particular idea in mind or to do this, do that. I thought actually to have something as specific of wanting to capture an image that can do both day in and night somehow and in one image or multiple images i thought this seems like a challenge that you might be able to rise to now i i know you've already given this some thought so i mean where do we start with this what ideas have you been spitballing how can we solve this problem well, I think Ethan is pursuing an idea that's similar to one I'm also working on. But I think we got that idea partially from you guys. You had already started talking about long exposures that span the transition from day into night, which is a really interesting place to start. And that's one of the ideas that we've pursued as well. Okay, so the idea of a long exposure going from day into night, because the problem is that... Um, you can't just have a long exposure really in one stationary in one place on the medium. Otherwise you're just going to be getting a more and more exposed piece of medium. So is the plan to try and build something that shifts across the medium during the long exposure? What's the thinking? I yes. think that's, yeah, that's both Ethan and I are pursuing that idea. Ooh. So, mm. so, so how? Is it, yeah. Yeah. Is it that the, 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 there'll be, like a, a mask moving across the lens or a lens moving across the medium, the film or paper, or whatever, or is it, or is it that the paper or film would be being pulled slowly through the camera at the back? Right, I don't know. right now we're looking at those first two ideas. So ah, okay. um, Ethan will explain his. And what happened to me is that two days ago I was in an antique shop and I saw a Kodak panoram Ooh. which is a, a swing lens panoramic yeah. camera. And it's still sitting there. I didn't buy it because I'm trying not to spend money and it doesn't seem like it worked. But it was a very interesting camera, which had a lens that swung along a, a curving film track. And, <laughs> oh, it sounds and, the end, and on the inside, the end of the lens formed a, just a narrow slit. Uh, so it's basically shining and, you know, the camera is stationary, the film mm -hmm. is stationary, but the light coming from this swinging lens so it travels along a very long in this case about i don't know 17 inch long no not that long well more than a foot quite a long piece of wow. film and uh the idea is really great uh but for this assignment it would need to travel very slowly yeah. um and so that you know i think thinking fig, figuring out how to drive the the uh the swing lens slowly is one place to start. And one of my harebrained ideas would be to use one of those powerful old electric clocks that you plug into the mains, you know, that that has a, a strong enough motor that it could turn this delicately <laughs> suspended lens. Um, an hour hand would give you about a 20 minute exposure, um, you know, in a 120 degree uh, mm -hmm. field of view. And that would be, I think, enough, at least in some climates and some weather to get you from day into night. Mm. That's really e Ethan, e Ethan, of course, has a more advanced uh, approach in mind. Well, just a more <laughs> practical approach. <laughs> Do any of these involve like a, a toy train track or anything like that? 
because mm, I was like, that would be that's fun. A nice idea, yeah. Right? No, yeah, Nick that's what I would think. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, fine. Look at me coming up with my stupid <laughs> ideas of using toy trains. I mean, like, you know, let's just get ourselves a normal steam engine and use that, right? <laughs> if we're going to do it. <laughs> Maybe you could create a barnacle that you would stick on some form of public transit and let it go. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Sorry. I was going off on a tangent. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> Ethan, tell us about your, your advanced version of this. Then. Well, I don't know that it's advanced. I think the Panoram uh, is a really interesting camera. I'm a real big fan of like the Wide Lux F6 and F7. Um, those also have, you know, swinging lenses. Uh, like Nick said for this challenge, they would have to go really slow, which is less of a challenge to me than just like building a swinging lens camera. It seems like... Um, I got to leave for Spain in a few days, so I kind of wanted to bang one of these out pretty quickly. So <clears throat> I figured I need a long exposure, right? I want to shoot for something like at least a three-hour exposure, although it's it's going to be much longer. Um, so I thought pinhole would be a good idea, panorama would be a good idea. Um, again, kind of just building what um, you guys were talking about on the last show. So, um, so I'll start by saying, like, most cameras that I build, I try and build so that, uh, I don't know if they're going to be mass market, right? They're niche to um, sort of the, the analog photo community. But um, this thing is really niche. It's meant to make one picture just kind of for fun. And I think I will build it, take a picture or two with it, and then ship it to somebody else because I'll be done with <laughs> with that trick. Um, and then maybe they'll continue shipping it on in a little box. But um so the way I think I will solve the problem is I made a 6x12 panoramic pinhole camera um, with a 90 millimeter or 95 millimeter focal length. And it has, um, you know, the, the back has uh, standard kind of you know, two, two slots for the you know, uh, take-up spool and the feed spool. And you just wind it across and look like a mirror, so like, like a Holga, but um, not... Not super sophisticated. And then in front of it, <clears throat> much like a Leica shutter, uh, like in the Barnack Leica, or um, I, I guess it even transferred into the Nikon app, or most, uh, what would you say, like dual curtain uh, focal plane shutters. Um, this has one curtain, but also like, you know, a feed drum and a guide drum and a take up drum. Uh, but instead of being spring loaded and having like clutches, uh, it'll just have a slit in the curtain. And it's driven by a really big gear that's driven by a really little gear that's uh, driven by like a NEMA stepper motor, which is a 3D printer motor. Um, and so it'll be like a little Arduino with a light meter and it'll <clears throat> do something like, you know, add the last 10 minutes of exposure uh, that's measured through the light meter, average them, and then uh, pick a new speed to run the gear to move the slit across the film plane. So it's gonna uh, is it gonna slow down as the dark increases, basically? Yeah, exactly. But it'll do it with a moving average, so it will be hopefully pretty smooth. Um, and then also, I would like to wait the speed to go slightly faster uh, at night um, with respect to the exposure value or, or the amount of light. That way, the scene will you know not look like daylight exposed under street lights but you know we'll still look a stop or two darker so you can tell that it's nighttime um yeah and so it'll just have like a speed that's a moving average one of the things that that i uh, 
I don't know how much people will actually care about this, but I do. Um, <laughs> I wanted to drive it with a motor and maybe a DC motor, like your standard fan motor or whatever, um, would be the best way to smoothly drive something like this. Um, but it's not super precise, particularly if you were going to computer control that DC motor to um, to speed up and slow down. Um, it surely can be done, but it, not with the things that I have in my workshop right now. <laughs> um, and so a stepper motor is like pretty easy to precisely control. Um, you know, I think it has 200 steps and I can quarter or 16th step so um, I can move the thing you know like like a couple hundredth or a thousandth of a rotation at a time um, which will rotate like a very small gear so every you know thousand steps on the stepper motor uh, which is maybe three four revolutions um, will only turn the the take up roll that's pulling the curtain along for uh, you know, quarter of a turn or something like that. Anyway, it's, it's geared down to move really slowly and I want it to move, um, smoothly. And I don't know, stepper motors are not known for being super smooth, but I think I have geared it in such a way that I should be able to get something kind of smooth out of it. And it's, you know, pretty you got, good. You got such a long time period. That'll smooth things out quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Even if it's herky jerky, like, um, I don't think I can make the slit really, really small because then I'll incur sort of a diffraction penalty, you know, anything smaller than maybe half a millimeter. Mm -hmm. um, um, what, what would diffraction, uh, sorry, was it penalty? Is that so what you said? That's not the technical term. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> much like a pinhole lens, mm -hmm. um, if you force rays of light really, really close where they might, um, here's a layman's physics term I'm, I'm maybe not doing the best job of explaining it but but the light will bump into each other and bend around uh, okay. a very slit so I, I would get like a lensing effect if i just used like a microscopic slit so i'm gonna have to use something like a let's say a 0.8 or one millimeter slit um and because of that uh i think the slit will mo be moving slow enough even if it's a little herky-jerky uh you know, on the order of a tenth of a millimeter at a time, um, it might still make a smooth exposure. I think it will, mm. actually. It's the bet I'm making. Mm. I spent all yesterday drafting this thing. <laughs> it sounds awesome. I, can, I, can I ask a couple of questions? Because just to try and figure out if I've understood it correctly. So yes. the is this a continuously moving slit then or are you saying that every once in a while it will take an average of the last 10 minutes and then do a, a, a and then rotate a little bit so i didn't finish there it's um those of you who are you know uh analysts of sorts probably understand moving averages and so it's taking a moving average of the, like maybe the last 10 minutes i will play with the variables to see what actually works but you know a, a good proxy uh, proxy quantity is, let's say it takes the light meter readings 20 times a minute over the last 10 minutes, and then it will reset its current speed to an average of, you know, um, some, uh, what do you say, some algorithm based upon, you know, the, the volts coming in from the light meter to uh, 
set the motor speed that then would translate into the um, speed of the curtain across the film. So it's not as smooth as, say, using a rheostat would be. The thing will will change speed abruptly, but in very, very small increments. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole thing's moving so slowly that it probably won't make a noticeable yeah. bending yeah. effect. I mean, perhaps if, you know, if it's if someone turned on the lights all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, the street lights came on with a bang or something that might yeah. interrupt it a little. Bit. I mean, I, I would like yeah. to catch the street lights coming on. I have a, a an idea of a picture I would like to take before I ship this thing off, and it's exactly that, right? So I, I live on Route 66, and so uh, there's some good old neons. Unfortunately, no more cursed camera corral neons, otherwise I would have put that in the picture. But uh, I like to go out there around sunset and start shooting, like, right around sunset or even, like, um, some uh, evening, evening hour, and then scan yeah, he- over and... He's he's talking about New Mexico, and I spend some time every winter in Tucson, Arizona, and there is an incredible light there that when as soon as the sun drops below the horizon and you have no more direct light, there's about 15 or 20 minutes. And the streetlights tend to be very weak ones because people out there try to preserve the dark sky. And Mm -hmm. so these feeble streetlights come on, but there's still the whole sky is still illuminated, but indirect light. And it's it's only fi- it's only about 15 minutes long. But as far as I'm concerned, a single shot taken at that period of time in that lighting would would answer your day into night just just <laughs> fine because you really you, the street lights are on, but you can still feel the daylight and and it's this perfectly clear, moisture free desert air. It's really something, um, and that's what I think you're talking about, right? Yeah. When it yeah. when it comes to designing cameras um, and, and making stuff, do you find it easier to build something when it is for a very specific purpose like this? Is it easier to say, okay, we want to tr- try and achieve this one thing, this day and tonight, or whatever it may be, uh, and then go from there, than it is to say, okay, build a camera that can do, you know, just a camera, just build a camera for everyday use. Yes, it is. It's easier. Well, I think it Are depends kind of... on how hard the challenge is, right? <laughs> Building a moon camera is no joke. <laughs> I was going to say, is it, is it, do you find it easier to build a camera rather than just go into the cupboard and pick one up? That definitely sounds like more your kind of thing. You're like, ah, I could just build one <laughs> instead. Mm, I absolutely do both. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a I'm a I have a kind of a collection of cameras too, which I'm trying to thin out. It's getting a little ah. claustrophobic around here, but yeah. <laughs> I, the the idea that you that you are both working with actually they're both sort of vaguely similar to um, the i the idea that Eric floated on last night's backing paper, whereas he was talking about somehow going back in time. And you you may have come across these cameras. I think I'm using the right word here. Is it the banquet cameras? Yes, the, the ones that take Absolutely. the very so. They was like a um, mask, so, right? A normal bank, the proper banquet camera um, was not a swing lens necessarily. It would typically just have a very wide angle lens with a big, well, or not necessarily very wide angle, but a big image circle to cover a very long, uh, wide panoramic piece of film. That mm-hmm. would be a typical banquet camera. Um, but there were also these other types that did travel because I can't right. remember, I've heard this come up on a couple of podcasts recently about the idea of people being 
in a photo at one end and then running along the back yes. of the slide and being in right. the other end as well. So and obviously there's some yeah. traveling going on there. That's the swing lens version. And that Kodak Panoram that I discovered, that's a very, that's an early 20th century camera. That's an old camera. It's just a wooden box. It's made of leather, wood and glass and a little bit of brass. I mean, it's very primitive, uh, but nicely Super executed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that's what they're talking about, banquet cameras. And you've seen those, um, you know, they would take the everybody in a certain in high school would be all lined up and they would be able to take a photograph and get everybody in on these long strips of film. Or um, the one thing about the panorama is that, that was some, you know, long defunct size of film. It was uh, I don't know what I was thinking. It's more than a foot long. Uh, it was a roll film and it's it was more than 120. It was, you know, whatever the actual width the six six centimeter width of one twenty film. It was quite a bit more than that. Um, I don't know exactly. I didn't measure it, but yeah, it was a big piece of film. That's, that's so, a, that is really big, actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's quite quite yeah. enormous. Well, I think yeah, they was, were like contact printing it for, um, for mm -hmm. like you know a class portrait or something where you could see everybody's face before they had Facebook and Friendster and MySpace and whatever you kids are on these days. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the cameras that you guys are both working on are, are both in some ways kind of um, variations on that theme, aren't they? In, in essence of, of that kind of moving across and, and just slowing it down drastically. Um, right. Are there easier ways? Because I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Even the way you're talking about approaching it, Nick, which involves getting an old somehow very strong clock to power a thing, which makes <laughs> an egg drop onto a rail and roll along, and then the boot kicks the mouse. Um, sounds quite tricky. What what ways, because I mean, not necessarily in, even in just a single shot, but what other ways, maybe by modifying some of the stuff that we've got, um, any easier ideas that we could maybe take away from this oh sure <laughs> i i liked i liked rachel's uh the lazy rachel thing that she brought up last i quite like the name lazy rachel actually right. <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> so there's no reason not to make a very simple manual version of this type of thing um <laughs> And there's also the idea of taking multiple exposures. Um, you could do essentially the same thing by, um, you know, just moving a camera a little bit. Uh, so, you know, uh, the idea of, of uh, stitched images, right? But doing an analog version where you, you just aim the camera and take a picture. And then five minutes later, you, you know, you've aimed it a little more to the right, take another. So you could do it that way with a series of still images with just about any camera. And What's maybe the, a protractor uh, nick what's the name of those pictures i think you showed me them um they're just made with holgas that they advance only part of the frame so they're overlapping and then turn the camera a little to make panoramas well graham's been doing a form of that but yeah the, the holgarama is where you, oh yeah uh -huh. you roll the film a little bit and then you move mm -hmm. the camera a little bit so it's oh, the same idea yeah. that, so that, could be, know, that could work quite well actually i think you could do sure. that with something like a lomo sprocket rocket or something as well where you've got you could where you you've got the opportunity to manually wind the film backwards or forwards yeah yeah or an old older camera any any, any of the old roll film cameras that where you just turn a knob are, are pretty simple and the holga has these handy clicks so 
each click tells you how many millimeters you've moved the film and it's pretty easy to keep track of yes um, I, I love the idea that you think that that's actually a reliable way of measuring <laughs> my my hogger's well, click not... and i've never <laughs> no idea what happens inside the camera other you know, outside there's definitely an audible click but inside who knows <laughs> Yeah, but they're not controlling the weather either. I mean, it's all a mystery. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Right, which is why you need an Arduino to control the speed of the slit inside of your pinhole camera. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so so with your with your camera design, so you're talking about um, not uh, okay. So in your design, is the um, is the pinhole at the front moving, or is it the paper? It's Nothing's moving except for the shutter. And it works. Imagine an icon shutter. You have an icon app or something. I'm, just, I'm trying to imagine it now. Actually, it's precisely like a speed graphic Speed shutter. graphic shutter, yeah. Which okay. is just a curtain with a slit that moves. It just glides from left to right, exposing yeah. the film as it goes. And it's um, on a spring-wound drum. But because yeah. I wanted to go slowly, I didn't want to build watch escapements that could retard like a giant thing. I just switched to... So, yeah, he's building a slow graphic instead sure. of a speed graphic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. A slightly he... more sedate graphic. Right. right. So this would so be like so. Um, my friend NASA was recently shooting with um, a uh, graphic Super D. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, that same cool. thing. This kind of gotcha. Okay. That yeah. I mean, that does seem like the simplest kind of shutter to build, um, oh. as long as you can then control the speed. Um, no, it's definitely not the simplest. <laughs> okay, well, but okay, let's let's go let's go back to the whole gorama. If you put a slit mask in your any camera at all, right? A vertical, let's say a vertical slit mask, and you know that that reduces without with the lens you have on it, say it reduces your field of view to maybe a, a ten degree angle of view, right? Then you just move the camera ten degrees, take a picture, uh, roll the film. The, uh, the same amount as the slit. So say it's, you know, 10 millimeters, you move the film 10 millimeters, mm-hmm. and then you've also rotated the camera 10 degrees, and then you take another picture. So what you're doing is you're taking a whole series of very thin, tall pictures, one after the other, along this roll of film. So you move the film, move the camera. So that's the same idea as what uh, we've been talking about, but it's a whole series of still images, mm-hmm. X number of minutes apart. Um, but because you're on a tripod, the, the view, the scene is consistent. It's just the, the exposures of each few millimeters of film are taking place at a different time. And if it's a manual camera, it'll get darker and darker as you go. So you just need to make sure you've got your protractor with you. Yes. And there, you know, there are uh, rotating uh, tripod heads that have the degrees marked right on them. Yeah, I was thinking, you see, that was one Ooh, thing I, I thought for me. Might, might be... <laughs> Uh, you know, some kind of uh, you know f- uh, tripod head which you could control it and you could measure how much you're turning and stuff like that. And then I thought, well, actually, I don't have one of those, so it's a bit, it's a bit academic, well, so really. Just, yeah, so, 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 hot glue, hot glue, a plastic protractor onto your tripod. Yeah, yeah that, that's not a bad idea, actually. I might or, do that. Yeah. Go, Forget about it all. Figure out how many in your micro stepper, <laughs> and then use that as a. Uh, <laughs> Like a little rotating camera head, and uh, put your motor uh, next to the trigger. <laughs> and, and I've actually seen very nice work done this way by people who simply wind the film using the crank on a. You could, for instance, you could run run the film most of the way through with the camera uh, dark, and then wind the film backward 
with the rewind knob. So this doesn't require any modification of your camera. Um, so that's another way to uh, slowly advance film under your own control. And I've seen people do uh, photographs where they're actually manually winding as they pan manually. So that's a technique that people have gotten pretty well. One or two nuts have gotten pretty good at. Um, wow. Is that like the Jaws, the Jaws film? <laughs> you know, when you've got the, the <laughs> right. oh, what's the technique? You know what I mean? When you're zooming mm -hmm. and, and actually moving physically in or out towards the oh, subject. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like that. A, <laughs> Do you mean like yeah, a dolly yeah. zoom, Rach? Yeah. Yes, um, but also uh, zoom in on the camera as well. Well, you could do the panning version of that just by yes. using the rewind knob on your camera and, uh, yeah. you know, a hand, hand, hand panning. Hand panning, yes, exactly. Okay, I, I like we talked a bit about the idea of using the lazy Rachel, this kind of rotating <laughs> circular thing. I'm not so, enjoying this. <laughs> so, so could you, okay, I, I, uh, imagine if you can. So you've got um something like a, let's say a paint can or something as a central core with your medium wrapped around it facing outwards okay then around that you've got the space and then let's say a cake tin or something i like outside it. that and like then you've it. got a pinhole in that at one point could that be slowly rotated around would that make an image and obviously you'd have to get the zoetrope well, it would have a very interesting feature because you're curving the film in the opposite direction it's intended to be curved. Um, and this is funny because I had a similar idea. Um, but what, because of that, the image, the focal length will be continuously changing <laughs> as, as it <laughs> rotates, right? If you have a fixed pinhole, yeah. it, it's, it's farther to the to the you know, right and left edge of the, of the paint can <clears throat> than it is to the middle. So you'll have a continuously uh, changing focal length. So I don't know quite what that would do. I think it would be, with a with a pinhole, you don't have an issue of it going out of focus, but it would yeah. it would change the image's size in a very strange way. Um, no, but it would it would wipe around, right? So you just use a really really thin slit yes, on the you back have to of the lens. Yeah, and that would and be so a then it would just wipe a scan across. I, I like that idea. It's pretty mm -hmm. pretty simple. I, I I can't I really picture it. it. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not quite <laughs> pictured it. It's a pretty stupid idea. My, <laughs> no, it's a great no, idea. No, it's, it's actually a good idea. Yeah, it sounds like... definitely do it. You should. Yeah. So is when, it, uh, describe it again for me, yeah. Can, can I take a stab at it? Yeah, please, yeah. It's like um, a soup can with paper wrapped around it facing out, right? You put that in the center of a big coffee can that okay. can spin while the soup can is stationary. Uh, and then okay. you spin yeah. the bigger coffee can around the soup can yep. uh, with like a pinhole or, or a lens um, with however you use it. You have like a, a light baffle that only lets through a very narrow slit onto the soup can. And, and that then is in, in that hole, the pinhole is in the, in the coffee can. It's a drum yeah, exactly. scanner. It's a yeah. drum scanner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yeah, well, I was sort of thinking along the lines of like a, a zoetrope, is it like that, but yeah. in a very slow version, obviously. So I Would just had to Google zoetrope actually, Rach, because I didn't know what one was. But yeah, uh, the, the picture that comes up, uh, yeah, is I think it's more for viewing a collection of still 
images and making them look like they're mobile right okay so not quite like that but so I, I get what like you're saying that, but, but, yeah. it, but so in, it's, in look it's and a feel, round yes. thing inside another round thing and then basically one's stationary inside and the other one's moving on the outside right, so and on, that on has a pinhole yeah cool. on the zootrop there would be like a lot of like uh, linear different. holes right? but there cool. would just be one cool okay so kind of the opposite then <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i get so, i get it that's cool so that's the slit saves the the focal length problem, but that uh, I also had thought of an idea that came out of this, and it probably has nothing to do with the assignment. But I was also trying to figure out ways to do this by dragging the film past the slit, and it occurred to me that you could use either a curved or a straight track and do that yeah. if you had a way to wind the film past and control that and but make the it really slit would slow. Still have to move. The slit would have to move, and that's one thing that you could do. But another thing that occurred to me would be if the film went through a an undulating track, like a roller coaster, <laughs> oh my God. Then, the then, the, <laughs> then the focal length would change as it traveled. And that would do something. It might be a mess, but it would be interesting to see what it did. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's whack a roller coaster in there as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> I love it. Like for, how easy are Arduino devices for for people to to work with? Because I mean, you talked about this quite a lot, Ethan. Oh, it's it's easy. Just get these you know stepped or stepless motors and yeah. connect them to an Arduino and blah blah blah. Because I mean, the the the. the one of the biggest problems, it sounds like, with this idea of doing a super long exposure, however you choose to approach it, is the fact that the you want to walk away. You, you well, you want to walk away, but also the shutter speed kind of needs to be continually measured and adjusted for. Because you know, I've done um, pinhole shots onto paper, and you go, okay, let me take a light meter reading. Okay, this is going to be a five meter shot, and you set it up. Sorry, five minute shot, and you set it up, and then the clouds the come over. Comes and you're, oh, hang yeah. on, yeah, 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 yeah. So, exactly. And suddenly, it can shift between what you think is five minutes to sure. half an hour to thirty seconds. Right. Um, there's you a lot of latitude. Not trail too much. There's a lot of latitude in, you know, say something like color print film, for instance, um, that'll help you out quite a bit. I think the solution is just we don't do this in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> now that changes so quickly. You last know. time you asked, I'm sorry to interrupt. Last time you asked Aid if he had any technological solutions, and I couldn't believe he didn't say flash. I mean, that's the technological solution. You can control the light. You don't. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to make the shutter do it. You can have a system where you just add light, and you know it's sort of like light painting. Yeah. You could even be pretty crude about it. Um, have some strobes and just fire them off if it's, if you saw the cloud coming. I have a number of lights. I don't think any of them are strong enough to light clouds. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, if the clouds are going to to, to throw a shadow on your subject, you so would that's just like... that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because so so what I had thought, and maybe one of the reasons I didn't suggest it is because I had a, a sort of uh, a mental image uh, of of what the, the the composition might look like, and I I was thinking um, things like cityscapes where you could take it from day to night and you could see all the lights come on in the city and so that those yeah. things are 
uh, where they're, they're, in that sense they're, they're too to take a photograph like that your subject is too far away to be flashable to, to, to balance it out I hadn't so, at any point thought about doing something where the subject was was close enough that you could do that so you could do let's say you had a still life mm-hmm. uh, you could you could light your still life um, but you could, uh, but as long as your your backdrop was far enough away, uh, you could get the day to night effect there. Yes. So now and that is a back... really interesting idea. I had not thought about that at all. So you could you could shoot your day to night, but and uh, but then keep the exposure constant on your subject. Yep. And mm. and we're also back to Rachel's model trains because you could make you could make a tiny little city in your backyard and right. Little... How cool would that be? <laughs> so and on my you way could still like shoot it. that original shot that you wanted, <laughs> but you just have to keep it small enough that you're you know that you could play God with your flashes. Yeah. Now and that that's people. really interesting because then something and I'll, I'll go back and I'll use as as an example again something like uh, the the Lomo Sprocket rocket. Um, something like that where just just a, a really simple camera that people may have or, or can easily buy uh, where you can control the the flow of the uh, of the film backwards and forwards and you can do it in minimal steps not just whole frames and stuff like that you can something like that or 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 even like you know uh, what do they make they make is it this the sardine can tit the cameras that they make at lamography if you could change the mm-hmm. lens on that for a for a slit or, La or, yeah yeah, yeah. They, so you change the lens on that for a slit you could easily move the film past the slit couldn't you or you, just put a slit mask inside the camera in front of the film so it's just a piece of card with a slit cut in it just mm-hmm. stuck in the film gate ah. oh you can so you could, uh, shamelessly plug Graham has been 3d printing some Holga slit masks <laughs> a whole right. lot of them. Ah. Ah, he's not here today to talk about that. Yeah, he's the great. Right. Right. Just, just to go in, in <laughs> well, the, the Holgers take a mask anyway, and the inter- for those that don't have Holgers, Holgers take a mask internally anyway. Yeah, and quite a few cameras will accept it as long as you're not messing with an expensive shutter or something. You know, you 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 can get away with that. Yeah, I think Graham Graham has been making like uh, very narrow slits that he's been stitching together to make panoramas. I bet if he were here, <laughs> he would say that he's. I, 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 I've got a I've got at least one Holger in the cupboard beside me. Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen recently. I think it was um, Dale Willits um, sharing images that he's made using. I, I think it's with a Holger with a slit mask. I think, but that kind of just very thin strips of an image layered and layered and yeah you could you could do that couldn't you just have to work out how frequently to fire? i mean it wouldn't you, even do, matter you, how you need to have a couple of practice guys but i think you could do it yeah like, so i'm just gonna so, take all the tape off my holger and let the back fall uh, off as they do so, <laughs> so so ethan remind me who's that famous photographer uh what's his name he does the um really complicated staged shots that are set up like a movie set, but they're uh, just a Gregory single frame. Crudson. Gregory Crudson. Gregory yeah. Crudson. He actually began his career shooting tabletop scenes, just like I described earlier. He made very elaborate, intricate models and then filmed, photographed them. Uh, did he? I did not, I did not know that. And then he, 
and then he just kept scaling it up. And and he actually does light whole landscapes, but he you know he rents giant movie lights and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's it's a bit out of my budget, <laughs> I'm afraid. But yeah, right. but you know, the, I love the miniature thing is great. I've often thought it's dark and rainy here. All right, it's just as bad as in Britain and where I live. And I've thought I should have a little tabletop, you know, train set place to, to just sort of do, a, you know, macro photography of landscapes in, in yeah. the rainy weather. Yeah. So I've got, I, right, so I've got a hole go open in front of me now. And it's definitely got one twisty wheel. You can hear it clicking. <laughs> so you can, you could count those. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure the the you know it, clearly they go round and they're 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 consistent steps as it goes round. But what I'm not sure about is whether the film will wind in a hole go anywhere near consistently. But that's another story. And then there is the there is the space for the mask inside so for the again this is for people who don't know uh about holgers there is a a square that i guess is roughly 60 mil by 60 mil on the inside and you can put but you can place a mask in there to make it smaller and uh, i think they come as standard with a, a a square mask that makes them something like 45 by 45 mil i can't i've never been able to figure out why but there you go <laughs> They understood why. You, if you get have more six... shots on the frame, don't you? You get sixteen that's shots. That's true. You would get fifteen or sixteen shots on the frame. Yes, that's oh. a good point. Because you you have two wind you have two red windows on the back of a Holger. One for one for sixteen. Oh yeah, you're right, Graham. Yeah, one for sixteen shots. So that would be a um, six four five drop. Yeah, yeah or, or or a or a, a forty five yeah, a forty five square. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, that's I like that idea. I've never I've never and thought. Yeah, there's no limit to what sort of shapes you can make. Um, Graham's been getting carried away, but we talked about all sorts of things. Yeah. If you, you know, it doesn't have to be a straight slot. It can be you know any shape that you can imagine. Um, and, and so it, would, they'll overlap with it to more or less degree based on the, the shape you draw. So that now that's interesting. So I mean, because the film goes. So my expectation, the film goes over that mask. It, yeah, that it's basically touching the film plane. The film mm-hmm. is tensioned across that mask. It, 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 and I say tensioned in 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 the uh, the the vaguest possible way. Yeah, the loosest. <laughs> yes, it's tensed in tensioned in the loosest possible way, um, because this is a Holger. But that is part of the the film tensioning mechanism is that mask. So if so, it's almost like um, equivalent to a contact a mask for a contact print in some ways. Then isn't it? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you're you're not going to get a lot of light spilling. So if you have a slit, or if you have a star shape, or if you have a or, or whatever, you're it's not going to get crisp. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And it is go- maybe too crisp for certain applications. Like this one, you might want to build a mask way inside the camera, right? That would have a blurry edge to blur one photo into the next. But you fluzzy, could, so, so you could print slit. that though, I guess. Could, I mean, I, you you yeah, could print sure. it so that it, it's counter, almost like countersunk a, a little way. Sure. Uh, uh, so so that and that would feather your mask, then, wouldn't it? Because it's further right. away from the film. Yeah. That's yeah. Really, that's really in, that's really interesting. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because we're talking about about the simplest camera there is, and yet it's almost more flexible. You can't do half of these things as easily with an advanced camera because you can't control the amount of film you wind and all of that. And, and there's yes. a funny contradiction that often the most uh, advanced 
work can be done with the simplest tools it's kind of weird yeah now that, that is very interesting isn't it so the only thing that we're missing here is is if you overclick your holger then there's no mechanism to wind it back the the holger is a one-way winding mechanism <laughs> one way street. So, 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 so but but because you have these clicks you could, you could go one two three four five and you could figure out quite easily how far that was because you could take an old film or a date one or something like that and use it as a test one. You could measure how far it moves. Yeah, it will change um, because as the film winds on, the diameter of the spool is essentially increasing. Ah, so good point. You're, you're <laughs> going to have a little bit of a change, but, you know, from one end of a, of a whole go roll to another it's a fairly slow transition but uh, you would maybe want to think about that yeah and Just if you did it format. if you did it in the middle though right so so if you shot two or three normal rolls and then yeah normal shots wound it on and then you're in the middle where it's it's got a it's got a slightly more consistent um uh diameter on the take up yeah spool. or yeah. if you don't have the whole good click thing you could also simply uh take some backing paper and rule it mm. off, you know, might make little marks that are exactly whatever, a couple of millimeters apart, whatever you need uh, smart. on the backing paper. And yes. then, you know, it's a little fussy, but you could do that. And you could see it through the window. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That, uh, and we should get Lomography to print it on right on there. Stand up uh, in their paper. So, so, yeah. Send them a message. That'd be great. <laughs> so, so in in a, in a world where I don't, uh, I, I'm not an engineer, and I don't have a 3D printer, and I'm, neither am I a sculptor or anything like that. Um, something like this is is it, I, it feels a little bit more accessible to me. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, and I have a big shop full of tools, but who has the time to build these complicated cameras anyway? So. <laughs> yeah. hey, when, is, guys. <laughs> when is your um, when is your challenge winding up? Uh, uh, we like to I take mean, it easy and relax into these things. You can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. push good creativity. You can't rush yeah. genius, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. I mean, All right, but you say about a monthish, a monthish. Okay, let's say a month. Sounds good. So it'll, um, there'll still be a little bit of light. Yeah, I, I want to come back to actually with regards to the light. One of the things that you mentioned earlier that I, I think is definitely worth coming back to is this idea of. Um, creating either a still life or a, a scene within your own home that you you can then like you can create your own artificial sun that using a lamp or whatever a torch that you know that you can sort of track over so you could if um if mm -hmm. getting out and doing this out in the wild maybe you live somewhere where it's just not practical to go out and this I don't know, or maybe you just want to try doing it different way but if you you set up something and then a light source that you could use to change and give you the shadow shifting and stuff like that and take um either a pan shot or multiple exposures and stitch them into a, a um what's the word i'm looking for not a panorama um a uh, sequence of, of changing so you can you know that could be quite a good way of um getting around limitations put upon you by location couldn't it yeah, and you could put your whole little city on a lazy Susan too, and spin it past a fixed light source. There's all sorts of ways. Like we're in the Hollywood studio, and they're yeah. in the car, and yeah, you know, yeah. and the scenery's going past behind them. Amazing. Well, I bet <laughs> that's it. That's it. And this stuff would would be a lot of fun. And it doesn't have to be a, obviously a train set or a miniature city. You could you could just have a lot of fun, even just you know photographing a, a person or you know anything simple and interesting. Um, but I, know I like quite a lot of Lego, right, right? Yeah, you know, I really liked Aid's <laughs> yeah. idea that the background could, 
you know, go dark and you and you would be lighting your subject. I think that's a really interesting idea that could make mm. a, a very interesting photograph. The other thing is we did talk briefly about um, taking a series of still photographs that are somehow blended together, either as a you know triptych or as um, a bunch of little slits on a, a single piece of film. Either way, this idea of panning uh, from over time from one place to another uh, is something that it could be done in still images as well. And then you could have that, you know, thing where the same subject appears in each frame or whatever. Um, you, you that know, could with, yeah, that and and yeah. because I I hadn't had the 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 benefit of this conversation, you know, when I was talking about it last week, I was thinking in terms of how is it that I take some relatively standard images and make them into a. It's almost. Um, uh, I, the, the, the words, I don't have the right words, but it's, it's not really a collage. It's not a montage, but it is a, it is some, some way of crafting, uh, a composite a multiple composite. Yeah. That's a good yeah, word, Rach. Right. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. a good no word. Worries. Um, uh, and you know, sort of a composite image of some sort. I'm, I'm struggling with the, my, my idea of having a, a, a subject that's artificially lit in front of a background that changes. I, I'm struggling how to think how I might actually, manage to create that because you're you, well you have to you have to have a tripod right you have to have a fixed point so your camera stays still because you don't want the background moving around so the camera's still uh but your subject could could, could appear more than once um and it doesn't your camera doesn't have to be still it has to be on a fixed point so let's say you angle the camera to point extremely left you take a shot and you turn exactly the angle of view of that lens clockwise to the next point. Now you're photographing the next section of the same scene, right? And if you're pivoting the camera around the nodal point of the lens, then it all lines up fine, right? Does that, does that make sense so far? It, it, it does, yes, yes. Okay. And then you've, so you've taken a picture in daylight and then you've rotated, say, your 50 millimeter lens to the, to the next point. Uh, wait for time to pass. Maybe have moved your subject over to perhaps take another still photograph. Right. And then you keep repeating that. I'm thinking in terms of five. I've been thinking in terms of taking one picture at night, but just before dawn then taking a shot at dawn then taking a midday shot and taking a dusk shot and then another night shot. So you could get the whole like morning. Oh, wow. You're going to get. Yeah, you're going to have dark five in a row. Things. OK, right. But with a 50 mil lens that that would hit. A pretty nice wide panoramic uh, view so you, in five you, separate frames, so just my, five separate still photos. Yeah. So uh, I think the my fifty mil Nikon, so thirty-five mil coverage. I think the field of view is about forty-nine degrees, but I think that might be diagonal. I think it might be more like about forty-five degrees. Horizontal. Yeah, so that would be a 250 degree pan. That's pretty extreme, but it would, you know, that would work. Yes. Um, but if I used an 85. Exactly. Then you, with a, uh, which is going to have a field of view of approximately four, 35 to 40 degrees, I suspect. Mm -hmm. Then you could, yeah, five, five shots would give you 200 degrees possibly or 180 so so that's where you right. want to be isn't it you want you want to be in a you want to be using a portrait lens if you're if you want to take five shots and not have them overlap too much mm -hmm. yep uh, and yeah and you could be fairly precise about it and i think 
The other thing that would be really fun about that is you could essentially always have the light at your back if you pan in the right direction. Uh, <laughs> you know, the morning shot could be pointing west and the, and the evening shot could be pointing east. So you'd, you, there's a lot of games you could play with it. <laughs> you, you'd, you'd have the sun in it all the time now at that point, wouldn't you? Every, every frame would have the sun in it. Or, or, or the opposite. Or yeah. the yes, or the opposite, yes, right, yes. Right. And what would happen if you go against it? What if you go the other way? Well, it'd be worth trying both. But the point <laughs> is that, that, that you'd have one continuous scene, but the lighting would be dramatically changing in each shot. And so, it'd be I think you could do this for quite a while and not get bored. That that is interesting because the other way because another thing that I had ta- thought of about was um, uh, was moving the camera linearly. Mm-hmm. So, so, and this this goes back to the the idea for this came from two places. One one is a a, a photograph I have uh, actually on printed and framed on the wall in my house, which I originally took with my very first iPhone. You know, ca- it had about a three megapixel camera on it or something like that. And I, it's it's a photograph of a of a movie theater. Um, uh, but it's taken from the other side of the street. Uh, this is in London, so the street isn't very wide, particularly. But I moved along the street, and so what you've got is a is a number of of uh, a number of frames that are stitched together. Uh, but uh, there's no distortion because I've been moving along as it goes. <laughs> and then the, so so the, the blending that with the cityscape idea, I have because I work in London. Uh, I you know, I had the idea of maybe walking along the riverbank, and you could take a you could take an image, a panoramic image of one side of the river from the other side of the river, and um, but you could move the camera such that it it it, it was uh, a linear sequence. I, I the the geometry I exactly of it, the geometry of yeah. it would be linear rather than this right, is a really good ra- idea. rather than a Mercator projection, idea. right? <laughs> so, right, and I actually knew somebody who was trying to do a really long stretch of a California road that way, so that you know every building side by all the way through town, every building you know lined up one next to the next, on and on and on, uh, to make these sort of infinite roll panoramas. <laughs> that sounds. I mean, that that sounds like of a fun. Street. Uh, it sounds oh, like... was it? Who was the uh, famous photographer who did like every building on? I think it was Sunset Boulevard. Maybe the same person. Second. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I have yeah. been to see the Bayer Tapestry, and it takes ages to look at it all properly. You have to walk all the way around the room, right? <laughs> I know, and they had to hold still in the middle of a battle while they... Yeah, you know, yeah it's cra- crazy while yeah. they got stitched up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But it's... Uh, that, that's, that's interesting, because that, that cha- challenge, challenging to consume an image that's made that way, <laughs> or that's made with that kind of, you know, that, that length, as it were. Uh, um, you might have to scroll it by a peep window or something, yeah. Yeah, so so because because one and and this is where my brain was was thinking towards production as as opposed to creativity, but you know I had thought that if I was to you know find four or five spots for example yeah yeah five five frames maybe across a period of time maybe that would be that period of time would be let's say two hours from late in the afternoon through to when it's dark, um uh and just because where i live actually that's going to that that's that's just about getting to the right time of year to make that feasible because it's in the autumn time that that they you know that happens outside of the core business hours day but you know still within reasonably sociable hours 
mm-hmm. um, and you know I could imagine heading out uh, at about maybe me doing it uh, you know, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. taking five or seven shots moving steadily down the riverbank so that you end up with a uh, a, a line- linearly stitched panorama but uh, uh, hmm. yeah I think that's a really nice idea and then it doesn't also we've talk, been talking about day and tonight but there's lots of other gradients like weather changes and you know going from a sun sun to a thunder shower or whatever there's yes. a lot of fun fun versions of this and it would be a lot easier to manage with the still shots because uh, you could pick when to shoot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you'd have I think a higher success rate than with uh, the I found this book uh took me a second it's uh every building on the sunset strip by ed roche i think that's how you say his name he's real mm-hmm. famous but it's it's exactly Abe's idea of like just walking in a line i think he might have been in a car actually and he just um you know just manually stitched panoramas it's really great i don't know that there's too much of a gradient in most of these but yeah well that's also oh, what wow. google street view is essentially yeah. too yeah <laughs> yeah that's true yeah see and, and i think everybody probably has got somewhere they can go to do that i mean rach you've got a river in your city a pretty big one yeah that's true and you've got quite a lot of iconic landmarks on the liverpool that's side that's also true Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. you know and i can river, imagine from the liver building down to the stadium or whatever it is that would work yeah, yeah. that would yeah. work and really I, I well a, wouldn't it yeah a river would be a lot nicer than sunset boulevard anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> and and graham's got a fairly you got graham you've got a fairly famous river near you haven't you Ah, oh, somewhere, some some stretch of water somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah actually, do you know what you and I could do the same river, but just in different ends of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It would work perfectly. I I, I want um to ask you about a so river runs about... through it. <laughs> exactly. ah, yeah, river runs through it. Thank you, Rach. Right. We, we need to build we... the punt punt camera. A punt, <laughs> punt camera. Yeah. A I tell you what, if you take a punt out on the Thames in in London, you'll get run over by all the water taxes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I very much live in punt town. Um, I want to ask about the uh, perhaps methods because um, we've talked a lot about sort of doing panoramas and stitches and, and that kind of approach to it. Um, one of the things that uh, there's the sort of technology to do quite easily with modern cameras, which just isn't there at all uh, in a practical fashion. Uh, over this length of time is um time lapse um now the problem with time lapse is you don't want to have to stand there all day clicking a shutter but i mean it seems like the kind of thing that like even if you again go back to using like real basic cameras like say a box camera you could kind of screw some sort of motor onto the wind on and it'll hammer on the shutter button steadily and slowly right yeah and just and, you know, and again just um uh and something that I mean, maybe again use uh, uh some sensors and arduino things so it kind of um knows okay wind on exactly this much every so long measure the light and open the shutter for that long that couldn't be that hard right i mean that's just whacking no. something onto a camera that's already there Actually, yeah. the, there are cameras. A cousin, uh, my cousin's husband just gave me an, a lovely Nikon that has a, a motor drive. So when you press the button, it automatically advances to the next frame. So all you'd need to do is have a way to push the button at a certain interval. It's a very, yeah. very yeah, soft sounds, button, yeah. too. It I could see how wouldn't that take work. much. You know, one of those, one of those, a little, some little teeter-totter thing, yeah. you know, that would push the button would work. Yeah, so I, I built a lot of cable releases. I had a stereo camera for a while that had to share a cable release between camera bodies. But I mean, you can you can sense a ground um, uh, 
in any loop that that you can uh, or or you can create one with you know five dollars worth of parts mm -hmm. and attach it to something with a you know a smart timer on it. I like the um, Graham suggestion uh, of having the, the you know the mouse and the boot and the egg rolling down the the uh, slide. <laughs> Very musical in the background yeah. there. <laughs> Very oh, musical. Yeah. All the different noises. <laughs> is that you two talking to each other? No, it's yeah. Graham talking to us. <laughs> oh, <it is. laughs> My phone's on mute. Oh, oh yeah, he has comments. All right, what's he say? Tell the sunnies they are cracked for thinking this one up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Actually, you're done recording. It was a public vote. <laughs> it, was, it was the public that cracked. I want to throw a complication in, and I want to throw this complication in because this is something AIDS quite passionate about. Um, we haven't, but um, using instant film, I mean, we haven't talked about how we can incorporate instant into doing this. How can we bring instant into getting a day tonight shot? Well, um, I mean, there's no reason you can't build any sort of machine like this onto an Instax back. Um, yeah, lots of people tear the front off of them and um, use them otherwise. Also, a sort of quote cheating method, but since you're only going to take one picture over the course of four hours, it's probably not so bothersome, is people have taken uh, very carefully pulled a Instax negative out of the packet in a dark bag, mm -hmm. and then they load it into the back just on the pressure plate of whatever camera they're using. They'll take a photo, put the camera back into the dark bag, pull the negative out, slip it back into the pack, and then do something like take a picture with their hand over the lens with a Fuji Instax, which will then, you know, smash the negative and the positive together, however it works, squeeze the gel pack and spread it. So okay. you're using you're using your Instax camera just as a developing machine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What do you reckon, Graham? You up for that? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose it's the getting out part's fine, and the developing it part is is fine. I'm just sort of thinking, okay, what do you, what do you, what are we going to put this print into, uh, or how are we going to use these prints to to make something that conveys the day into night kind of thing? I mean, um, we could, you know, you think you sort of do the slip thing? So obviously, it's not a continuous. We can't just keep winding forever with this. It's one frame. Um, so yeah, yeah it's pretty limiting. I, I think the diptychs and triptychs would be the way to use instant. That's the sort of idea you were thinking about as an aid, I think. Yeah, there's de definitely that. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, especially combined with the, uh, the linear panorama approach because yeah, you, you did it. It's, um, I, I had thought that for me anyway, that, that it would be more aesthetically pleasing to have that linear panorama than it would be to have one, one that was, was distorted because you were spinning and I don't have an L bracket, uh, you know, for my tripod <laughs> to, 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 to make sure that I am spinning around the nodal point and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, so, you know, so I was also thinking about, you know, how it is I might do it with the equipment I actually have to hand, uh, which is, mm. uh, um, right. but the, uh, so I thought that you might, do might, it vertically. might be nice. And then the other one I thought of, which is actually not one that is not my idea. I've seen it done elsewhere, which is mm. to take 
um, to take several frames, but then slice them vertically into uh, mm. vertical slices that are perhaps a, a centimeter or slightly less wide. And if you then you could take different slices from different images to create the gradient of exposure from day into night across something that was maybe that it was the height of a standard Instax, but maybe as wide as three or four. Um, but then you'd have you, you'd be gluing back together on a on a piece of mounting card about twenty thin strips or something like that yeah. that are taken from a bunch of different frames. I like that. I yeah, that would be I, really I, cool. It something wouldn't very it wouldn't, different. It wouldn't be a very easy image to consume in the sense that it would probably be a bit clunky with all of those vertical cuts mm -hmm. in it. But mm -hmm. on on the other hand, um, it might be good fun in uh, to make. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would just be. It'd be fun to be like, yeah. So Aid's going to be there with his glue and his craft kit, and <laughs> it's it seems very different from other stuff uh, you've done in the past. I Aid. would really like to see this picture. Aid, mm -hmm. I've 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 got it absolutely figured out for you. It's super easy. So all you need to do, uh, I'm I'm kind of thinking through this as I go. So just bear with. <laughs> so you need to make like a frame. So you you um, can put open up an entire pack of Instax in the dark, obviously, um, and make a frame that holds um, nine of them in. So it's like three rows of three in a frame, and that frame you have to be able to mask over each one of those individually. Uh, okay, and then you drop that into some sort of camera that you've made <laughs> that has a lens on it. So basically, you can so then you can open it. Um, so you've got a lens at the front, and you uncover, let's say, the bottom left-hand um, It's frame. like an advent calendar. Right. So a bit <laughs> like. So you open the bottom left-hand frame, right? Um, expose that image, cover that one back over, then a bit later on, open up the next one along, expose that one. So in the end, you end up with one image, like a, a one image scene made up of all nine of these pictures. Um, but but every section is exposed at a different time of day. I mean, you've got to do sure, that. Mate. It's, uh, it, it, it's 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 a thought i think it sounds like we, are, we, are we back to you know are we, are we back to coffee tins or or, or something at that point because you're talking if you're talking about a three by three grid of instax that's going to be <laughs> that's quite that's quite a, a, an image circle you've got there well, then you You'll then have to take a, a macro photograph on large format film of your little tiny Instax and <laughs> blow it up. So, so double exposure. Yeah, no, no. I think it's I think it's a great kind of approach, and you could do it. it doesn't have to be done with little slices, right? You could do it with individual bigger pictures. So you could too. do it, yes, and you could even do it with halves or quarters. So, so again, going back to kit I already own, um, I have the Lomo Instant Square camera. Um, I, I do yeah. have scissors, but I, I have the Lomo Instant Square camera, which, which ships with a thing called a splitter or a splitzer or something yeah. um, that allows you to uh, expose only part of the frame. So, and I think it allows you to do that. It, it has two uh, two semicircular discs that allow you to create any kind of um, arc, uh, basically. But you could mm. say you could do it with just sort of halves, vertical halves. So again, you know, going back to the idea of moving along and taking a different image that goes from right to left or from left to right, day into night, you could then you could be exposing half and half a frame, then the other half of a frame. Get you know, ejecting that, then half a frame, then another half of a frame, and you could end up with, 
you know, maybe six or eight halves all with different exposures on them and use the, and, and run those across a triptych possibly or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess if you had eight halves, it wouldn't be a triptych, would it? But <laughs> so, 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 so you guys mentioned double exposure. So that's another whole direction to go. And one occurred to me would be if you took uh, the first shot off of, of a fixed point just after sunset or just before sunset or whatever, really close to sunset and another one really close to sunrise, you'd have the same scene with two totally different kinds of lighting on the same piece of film. That's interesting. And yeah. It might create some sort of horrible like HDR analog version or <laughs> or it might be really cool. So it'd be something worth trying, I think. Yes. Cuz you'd have your shadows would be on opposite sides, so your your shadows would be illuminated, you know, but by a different color light at a different time of day. So it, it might be interesting. You could, yeah, mm. that that is interesting. That could that yes. Yeah, I could see how that I could see how that would work actually. Hmm. Could yeah. shoot the roll of film in one camera and then in during the day and then take it out and put it into a different camera and shoot that at night. Yeah, well, that's what you know, removable backs are so great for. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have any of those, but I do have different bodies. Oh, you must. Surely. You have so no. many cameras. Rachel Some... literally owns a Hasselblad, Nick. I'm afraid she's a terrible liar. She does this to all of our guests because she lies there to you them. Go. I don't have <laughs> one back for the camera that I do own <laughs> that takes different backs. <laughs> well, uh, well yeah, okay. Yeah, doesn't you work. Need, you need a second back, yes. I, I just need one that works. <laughs> well, I just have one don't... that works by turning the crank and looking at the window in the back. There you is that a possibility with yours? Does does yours have a peep, peep window in the center? The old ones did. Yeah. It does. Yeah. You know, you can use that. That's That allows you to see the numbers on the back of the, the paper. And then you you can just turn the crank on the thing uh, in yeah. advance. Yeah, that it, was the, what came with it. But, yeah, it does no longer work, unfortunately. Huh. I was a bit over-enthusiastic and thought, I can fix this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they are They are devilish. Those it was hassles. a bit of a pain in the bum. So yeah, so uh, so I don't have a back for my hassie. So that's sad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was one of the old ones with that window in the back. And like you say, then you could draw little marks on the backing paper, couldn't you, to be able mm-hmm. to check. So yeah, something like that would be awesome. And actually, there's no red window on that one, so you could use it to mark backing paper. You could mm. run run the film through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make, make a little tick marks yourself with a pen. Ah, Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I just need to invest in a back that'll, that'll do that. Yeah. Well, you have a marking back at least now, so you could That's mark cool. your paper with that broken Hasselblad back. Yeah. Um, just you know, tape it up so no light gets in, yeah. and uh, and then take that same film and reload it into a camera that does work. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Ideas. So many ideas. There, never, there are never. not. Yes, I have to. I have to admit, it's you know, my my mind is reeling now. I think is the correct term. It's like wow, there's there's a lot of lot of thoughts going on here, um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of ideas, which is great. Which is great. It's, it's great to have you guys, you know, come and chat to us and is you know help us, you know, sort all these things out. I think I said at the top of the show is it's going to be a lot of inspiration for us today, and I think that's definitely happening for me. I don't know about Graham and Rachel, but I'm definitely getting inspired. Oh yeah. Hey, do you think you're going to build a camera? Do you know what? Um, I I don't have any motor skills. <laughs> that's why I have. <laughs> that's why I have to do photography as a hobby. 
I think you can design your way out of the need for motor skills. Yes. I, you know, I think that we've already heard some descriptions of things that would take brilliant photographs made with a cake tin and a lazy Susan and some tape. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you need, a cake tin and a lazy you, Rachel. What if all you've got is a lazy Rachel, though? Yeah. <laughs> well, those, are, those have an even larger uh, capacity than the lazy Susan. All right. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. What are you calling larger capacity? <laughs> Strength, let's say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, Rach. It's fine. I'm ill as well. You really I know. Need to be. I know. I'm starting. I'm starting to feel almost guilty. But the. Okay. All right. So lo- loads and loads of stuff to think about. Uh, wow. I. I don't know where. Yeah. It's t- tons. Tons of stuff going on there in my head. Um. I. I yeah. Where, where, where do we go with this next, Graham? Graham, help us out. Help me out of yeah, this help. hole I've dug myself oh, into where know. I've got nothing to say. I've got a cotton wool. <laughs> Sorry, Rach. I said right, so... my, my head's full of cotton wool. Sorry. Oh, so I, think, <laughs> I think we have a pretty clear idea what Aid wants to do. He wants to um, photograph the entire length of the Thames from one bank to the other <laughs> yeah. um, as day goes in and out to night. Right, You know, the sun comes up and down and all that. He's going to be busy. Um what, have either of the of you, have you settled on a, a starting place? Uh, I have a location in mind. Top secret. Top secret. It is top secret. Sorry, what were you saying, Graham? Uh, I was saying uh, what <laughs> my question was: Where's your location? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top secret. Oh, it's an undisclosed yeah. location. Exactly. Exactly. Just in case it all go- goes. There's a phrase that I won't I won't say it. But in case it all... <laughs> Have you got any ideas about what type of image they rate? I mean, is it is it going to be yeah. a triptych, or are you going to try and do something multi-exposure? Or um, I have some thoughts. Okay, all right. I have some thoughts. I'm sorry. I know I'm being so more, vague, more cryptic, they're not, they're more not cryptic really... than triptych. Then yes, more cryptic than triptych. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That, that's uh, actually really hard to say, by the way. Because <laughs> I just tried and I couldn't either. Uh, I think also because as we've gone on, we've had these conversations as well. And it started to make me think, oh, like ideas that I've maybe had to start with. Actually, is that is that the best way to approach it? Or is it, you know, am I going to overcomplicate things? And sometimes less is more and simple is, you know, the best way forward. But also having fun with it and trying something out. So, yeah, I don't know. I hadn't fully decided on my approach. I've just got an idea of a location in mind. That's as yeah. far as I've got with it. How about I, you, Graham? Did you say well, no? I, th- yes? I think the nice thing, I think the nice thing is that the conversation we've had tonight has really explored um, a lot of different technical ways we could try and approach getting the idea of you know very literally getting a day into night image whether it's in a single image or a series of image or whatever um and i i think that's fantastic and it's certainly given me a lot of inspiration but it's also making me think okay but there's also the much more interpretive ways of trying to convey day into night i mean like i said so far most of our thoughts have been focused on a single space or a single image or whatever it might be but um, it doesn't have to be that, you know. Okay. As I so you're going to recommend that you just turn the aperture dial down? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly something that's been, uh, that has come up. This idea of um, uh, shooting during the day, but um, 
making it appear as if yeah and making it appear i mean which is you know that is also absolutely valid but you know, it worked but I for sergio like, leone was he a good one for that was he he liked to do car i i, I love this idea well, so, so, so sergio leone was, was, was a director of spaghetti westerns oh yes and yes right. absolutely they had to get the shot done before the spaghetti was cooked. So they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot of day and tonight uh, scenes in 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 all of those movies. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, as well as the sort of these technical ways of approaching, I think there is also the the other side of the coin, which is you know, um, of conveying in images, um, not necessarily just the physical shift of light from day into night but also the tone and the atmosphere of a place from day into night the what's going on and and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff and and i think some of those can be approached with the techniques that have been talked about but also some of them could be just you know a a series of images or a couple of images or you know just or even just one image could maybe you can just find one image that somehow sums up the transition of day into night through some activity that's going on or you know so you, you could totally do that graham you could go into the oxford ghetto and you could and you could take a shot in you could take a shot in the day ghetto? when there's loads of students like looking studious and cycling around with their you know their gowns on and stuff like that and in and in, at night it's all biker gangs and knife fights <laughs> yeah, it's actually the same the same people they just change their outfit oh totally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes and absolutely yes 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 they're, they're, those are, that's what students are like <laughs> yeah that's true um At least that's yeah, what i, I was think... like when i was a student anyway uh, <laughs> biker by night but fights did so... you go to oxford me no yeah. I, I know i'm a university dropout i know i, oh, okay. I, I never finished university ah. Because so, you were busy in the biker gangs, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, was... he did take a first in bike night biking, but. Did... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, not, yeah, th- not that we're you know slandering biker gangs because uh, they generally pretty lovely people, as we know. Well, the ones listening to the, this podcast are we, we can be sure of that. Clearly, yeah. clearly, I'm definitely not slandering bikers or their game. Quite as a biker, <laughs> yes. um, as one yourself. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I'm really excited to see though, um, Nick and Ethan. What you t- so you two are you at sort of the, the planning stage, or have you actually started hitting things with other things yet? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of hitting goes well, in. Ethan's been drawing uh, very sensible-looking drawings, and I think he's going to try and throw this thing together quick before he leaves the country. So when he ends up in Spain without any of his essentials, it'll be your fault. Um, <laughs> in fact, he'll probably have to bring this thing with him and, and take pictures there. Uh, I think I'm just going to do something more along the lines of what Aid's talking about, using existing cameras, because I need to get out and shoot, and I'm pretty busy. And my mm. all my gadget ideas are far too complicated and elaborate. So I don't know that I'll be building a special day and tonight camera in, in time for this. Uh, but I really enjoy the assignment and I'm just as happy to do it with. In fact, I realize I have a homemade camera that's already set up for one of these ideas. Um, it, it's <laughs> oh, a awesome. Hasselblad. Just, with just a, when you with have a, to knock up. <laughs> well, you know, I already have it and I was wondering what it was for. And I think now I know. So, yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so, definitely, yeah. definitely something. Even if the intent in the slightly longer term is to is to uh, create something specific, I think there's always definitely something to be said for testing out ideas with kit you've already got because that'll help mm-hmm. you refine the creative vision of it at least. Mm-hmm. 
um, I've, I, I have a plan, right, for my, for my some of my test shots before I did before I invest the the time and effort in in standing still at various top spaces along a river for for a long time. I'm currently working part time in an office that has a uh, an outdoor sixth story balcony uh, that mm. overlooks Tower Bridge, the Tower of London, the Shard, and the uh, and the financial oh, awesome. district in the city. <laughs> You're gonna take such a better photo than me. Uh, well, so yeah, there, there's a school. That, I forget who it was that said, "If you want to take more interesting photos, point your stuff, point your camera at more interesting stuff." You know, just like, um, yeah, but, that's a great day and night. But that, that's too. not place. Yeah. Where, yeah so I, uh, I, and um, not only that, but in the evenings it has free alcohol as well. So my attempt <laughs> is to to finish work one evening and take out a tripod and a camera and stick it on the balcony, have a couple of free beers whilst watching the sun go down and trying some test shots. Yeah. Maybe tie your camera down just in case. Maybe yes, yes. Good point. <laughs> Probably that. Um, as he's not here, do you guys? Do you know what Graham's planning to do for his? Is he sort of taking a similar stance to you guys with what he wants to do, or is he going to try something different? Mysterious I'm not sure. Graham. Yeah, I'm not really sure. If I, if I if I was him, I'd mess around with the slit ideas because he's been mm-hmm. doing great stuff with that. But I have no idea what he's going to do. Yeah, he just showed me this morning like uh, bags and bags of different shaped slit masks that he had made, and so uh, everyone needs a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it yeah. sounds like something an old-fashioned burglar would need—a slit, <laughs> yeah. well, with his, along with his swag bag. <laughs> oh, boom! <laughs> so no, I think no, I, th- I think that's def- I, I like that idea of having different masks actually because I think. Yeah, if you if but you it, have to wear as the photographer. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> and for inside the camera as well. And I think yeah. it, a uh, a slit mask inside a holger that that feathers somewhat uh, uh, a little bit so that you can blend the exposures. Um, and if you don't take them too far apart in time, so that the actual exposure value is not that radically different, I think you could get quite a nice blend uh, there. I think that that could mm-hmm. be really, that could be really clever. Yeah. Now, now I'm thinking that you, your idea of day into night, um, looking at concepts instead of you know exposure, you could imagine a subject or subjects that you photographed over a period of time as the night grew older and older. <laughs> yeah, you might, yeah. you know, like go to a party Find with some somebody who tends to get carried away and just keep taking portraits of them. <laughs> so that, that oh, you know, tends to get carried I think, away. I think we talked about. Well, I mean, I think we talked about an that, idea last yeah. week where. It, you could go to a part of the city that was uh, of any city that were that had bars and restaurants and nightclubs and you could shoot it from morning through till midnight and then in the morning it would be gray and 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 you know, there'd be you know bins and trash cans and all out all over the place and then in the evening you know, as you as you looked across your image it would get busier and then suddenly and at one end of the other end of the image it would be full of people partying um, yeah, and the challenge would be to get the proper feeling, you know, where there's that it, it's all bright and lovely up to a point, and then things take a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Rach, I spoke over you. That's all right, not at all. Um, I was just thinking there's also the idea of it as a concept, isn't there, of um, perhaps what, um, how personalities could be different day and night or or job roles could be different during the day and at night and perhaps you could do it almost as like a portrait of 
one person and have mm-hmm. them half and half in terms of how they're dressed or made up or what have you to show, you know, how how they ha- appear during the day and how they appear during the night. I got a friend who's doing that already, uh, Mm -hmm. where he puts presentable portraits of himself on Instagram and unpresentable photos of himself on Instagram stories. (laughs) (laughs) So sort sort of a Dr. Jekyll and Rachel Hyde kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Uh, So, yeah. So, I don't know. There's just lots of different interpretations isn't there for something like that yeah t- tons and tons of stuff to think about that well I, I, and i think probably uh well we're, we're about time we should should be uh wrapping up the show actually and, and letting these good gentlemen get on with their day. it has gone from day <laughs> to night well it's gone from day to night here actually but probably us, it, was, yeah. it was probably dark by the time we started but uh it it is a, a working day and our two guests have, have very generously taken time out of their working days to join us so uh right. You know, we're pro- probably about time we wrap up. And I think my brain is is probably as full as, of inspiration as it's possible to get. I suspect it's starting <laughs> to come. Inspiration's a nice word for it. <laughs> I, suspect, I, <laughs> I suspect it's going to start coming out my ears soon. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, wow. Um, great, great conversation. Great ideas. Thank you very much, guys. Um, uh, it's been it's been great to talk to you. Nick, have, um, have, have you enjoyed your first time on the Sunny 16 podcast? It was delightful. Thank you. Well, it's it's great to have you. It's great great to meet you. Great to talk to you. And uh, Ethan, have you enjoyed being back? Oh yeah, it was, it was super great. Thank you so much for having me on. Cool. Well, you're both yeah. both very welcome indeed. And um, uh, it'd be great to uh, it, to to see what you guys get up to with this assignment as well as as it would be with with all the listeners out there who who hopefully will be able to uh, to join in. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. Um, Can't wait. Uh, yeah, um, Graham. I don't think we've got any rules that we need to recap or anything like that. This is not a particularly no. Um, there are no rules at all for this. Yeah, no. Just take take the idea of day into night and do with it what you will. And if your idea involves stepless motors and Arduino and <laughs> and other things that I absolutely do not understand, then that's fantastic. And if it doesn't involve anything technical at all, it just involves you going and standing on the street and capturing people and you know then that's also fine approach it however you want to i think um i think our next step is going to be getting some people in to talk to to maybe look at it more from that um uh sort of creative not creative that's the wrong word the um interpreting it yeah conceptual side exactly as opposed to the technical side so i think that's going to be our next step more inspiration to cram into our brain holes Ooh. Okay. Leak out of ideas. I guess it's uh, kind of any time from now, isn't it, for people if they want to start, you know, creating and sending some audio and things like that as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And where would they send it to, Graham? How how should they get in touch? Just send anything you like to. Um, <laughs> that's that's maybe a bit broad. Um, <laughs> send send emails. Send questions. Send thoughts. Send. Um, pictures send audio to sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com just um let us know what you're thinking you know if you're if you're if you're at the planning stage let us know what your thoughts are or if you've already had an idea and you're out there doing it you know, let us know how you get on with it um uh, we will as we have done in the past you know we will be having a, a wrap-up show at the end of all of this where we will very much want to showcase the um fine efforts of everybody who's got involved including these two fine gentlemen so uh, um you know you've <laughs> you've both stated that you're making something so you cannot weasel out 
out of this now. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm headed towards a crash course with flying to Spain on Thursday morning. Oh and well, so you got I have already three days printed, then. I have I've already three D printed all of the gears and rollers and <laughs> connection blocks. Um, Did I misinterpret? Did you I say have... you were learning to fly? No, no, I am not learning to fly. I'm getting oh. on an airplane. I got to go to Spain for three right. weeks. Right. I thought you were also learning to fly and going to Spain. No, <laughs> not okay. learning. Okay. okay. A homemade airplane podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, what I need Sorry. to do right now is add motor mounting poles and uh, maybe some wire routing stuff. But I might just do that by hand and then uh, go cut out the – I bought the birch ply this morning, so I will go cut out the plywood this evening on a laser cutter and then I will try but it, there's very little time room for me to finish and if I do not I may be able to submit by November 1st wow. that, that, that I, would I still be should, awesome which is too, too low but <laughs> too long but I will send it in anyway it will <laughs> always be welcome Ethan it will, and then obviously these will be available for people to buy these cameras will be available no, to buy no, 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 this, is a, this is a totally stupid camera that, that is uh, I mean it's not totally stupid it's just like it's a fun uh, Rube Goldbergian machine that uses it just makes one thing, so I'll just send it around. Like, if you guys want to shoot with it, I'll, I'll send it to you, and when you're done, you just send it to somebody else. Uh, yeah, it's, it, you'll get bored with it quick, you know. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing the results of that and and, and everything. Uh, actually, all, all of the stuff that we'll, we'll see over the next few weeks and a couple of months. Okay, well, uh, if there's no housekeeping stuff, then, um, Graham, any, anything else? Rach, any housekeeping no. stuff? In which case, in which case, um, well, actually, uh, we've already covered that oh. we're available on the... Oh, sorry, Rach, did you... I just had a thought, which was, um, yeah, if anybody um, created any artwork for World Cyanotype Day, obviously, to uh, write in and let us know how you got on with that. Uh, that was on the 28th of September, so it'd uh, be nice to uh, to hear about people's stories. I've seen a lot of lovely stuff that's been created, uh, and I just thought if people have been out making their cyanotypes, it would be nice to know about that. Ah, yeah, good, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that which reminds me, actually, the, there was one thing that I became aware of only today, which is that it's actually Holger Week as we record this. Um, and so it's good that we've been talking a lot about Holgers on this show. <laughs> yeah, especially as, as as you also became aware of today. Uh, we're judging one of the categories in Holger Week this year, Woo-hoo! so that's very exciting. Um, yes. I'm really looking forward to. I'm not quite sure uh, how I qualified to be a judge. But uh, <laughs> you got volunteered for it. Um, the, only, the only thing we need to make sure about is we make sure we point everybody where they need to go to for um, Nick and Ethan's socials and, of course, the Homemade course. Camera podcast. Of course. With the lovely Graham. Other Graham. <laughs> yeah. We're all just like, what? There's, there's a lovely Graham now? <laughs> I, think, I think he meant the other lovely Graham. Oh, yeah. I see. So, well, yeah, yeah guys, where, where would we find uh, the Homemade Camera podcast? Uh, Homemadecamera.com. Yeah, there you go. And and there's also a Facebook group of, you know, a very few but impassioned people building cameras. And there's... Um, I think it's the Homemade Camera Podcast on Facebook. There's a little group, and then Nick is all over. Um, oh, Nick, what is it? Well, uh, I, Flickr is where I post most stuff uh, because it's just a better place to look at pictures. Um, and that's just under Nick Lyle on Flickr. And everything's an album, so you can look up crazy cameras and see what kind of stuff they, di- they create uh, very easily. It's practical. Cool. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Instagram is Avynick, A-V-Y-N-I-C-K, but that's just an occasional nice looking picture. I don't really spend a lot of time posting there. And uh, that's that. Yeah. And I do. I only use Facebook as a place to have a group because everybody wants to be on Facebook groups. I really don't do anything else there at all. So huh, that's what maybe. that's for. Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, yes. And let's not forget, uh, of course, Camera Dactyl. Um, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, Nick uh, for for your sculpture work and oh, so that if you want to see that, you should look under White Savage. That's one word. It's my wife's last name: W H I T E S A V A G E. Uh, as far as I know, she's the only one. So if you look up White Savage and Lyle, then you'll find all sorts of links to things we've made. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. Well, there sure, you go. So, uh, well, we've been the Sunday 16 podcast, five of us this week, and it's been a great conversation. Uh, we are on the internet at Sunday 16 podcast, pretty much anywhere. Um, start at Sunday 16 podcast.com, email Sunday 16 podcast at Gmail and etc. 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 We will play you out now uh, with Rachel's band Rocker. Uh, you can get their album, Promises I Should Have Kept, on Apple and iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and other places as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been an honour and a privilege to talk with you all. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.